you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. And on today's show, before I get started, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Before we get started, um, a, a couple of quick notes from camp. We'll talk more about this in the actual mailbag. So just really quickly, um, the training camp practice went off fine. A, a quick injury thing. Um, Wyatt Davis has a wrap around his ankle. He didn't show up. Uh, he, or he wasn't seen on the field. Um, I think except maybe on the sideline, uh, Christian Derisaw and Rashad Hill were both out there. Uh, Rashad Hill ended up limited halfway through the thing, um, but he did still did walkthroughs and stuff. He just didn't do the actual team drills, um, and I'm pretty sure he still did individuals. And then you had uh, Christian Derisaw still with the baseball cap outside. The Vikings didn't actually have pads on. They were supposed to have pads on, um, but for some reason they didn't do the pads, some mix up with the scheduling or something. Um, so pads hopefully coming on today, Tuesday. Um, elsewhere in injury news, Myron Mitchell also absent. All the quarterbacks, of course, were absent. Um, and Tyler Conklin was nowhere to be found as well. So that's another situation to monitor. Uh, we'll talk about all of that stuff. Of course, Jake Browning took most of the reps. Case Cookus was signed uh, early on Monday morning to come help out and be a camp arm. And after practice, the Vikings made a waiver claim of Danny Etling, who was cut from the Seahawks, ironically, because they signed Sean Mannion. So Sean's still doing a solids in the depth of the quarterback room. Uh, so now they have true three quarterbacks that will be able to practice. Um, and we'll see which pra- uh, quarterbacks actually get true live reps and who doesn't, because Jake Browning still basically getting the lion's share of the actual meaningful reps that you could like prove yourself in. He actually told Mike Zimmer, uh, hey, don't cut my reps, you know, don't don't uh, try to take too much care of me. I want to go out there and I want to be able to compete and all that stuff. Moving on to the mailbag. I've got a bunch of questions here from you on Twitter. If you want to submit a question be, to me, you can do so on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Uh, there's also like a Google form. You can send me an email at lockedonpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I, I won't be able to get to all of those other sites, though, while I'm here on the road. Just the Twitter ones for now. But there's plenty. So we got plenty to talk about. The first one comes from Swamp Sparrow. Uh, good luck with the subreddit, buddy. Um, and he asks, when Browning wins MVP, will you finally admit it's time to move on from Kirk? So here's the headline of the day. Uh, Jake Browning wasn't good. I'm sorry. I can't just sit here and be like, yeah, but he was like, he threw lots of passes down the field and it, he, he was like pretty, pretty bad. He was really inconsistent, even in the wide receiver drills where it wasn't a live rep and there wasn't pressure to think about or concepts to just in, you know, back up and just hit the guy in a, in a spot you're supposed to meet him at and work on the timing. Um, he was sailing them, and they were inaccurate, and they were they were late, and, and receivers really had to adjust to it. And honestly, in those drills, Case Cookus looked more accurate. Um, just in that one, I mean, Case Cookus didn't get really much work at all uh, in terms of, like, actual provable reps. He was really just a camp arm helping out with the drills, which tells me that they don't really have, like, a serious uh, interest in rostering Case Cookus. But hey, you know, outperform Jake Browning in one thing, and then you get a chance in another thing. That's how you do it. But I don't know. Jake Browning just didn't look. He was sailing a lot of balls, overthrowing, underthrowing. 
um, making it difficult for wide receivers to make catches and missing such, and this is a line I'm going to steal from uh, Arif Hassan, such that it made it difficult to evaluate wide receivers. It just didn't look very smooth. The timing wasn't there. The accuracy wasn't there. Um, and you could really tell the the limitations that his arm strength gives him. Now, again, like I said yesterday, in a backup quarterback, I'm kind of okay with an arm strength limita- limitation. You know, I just get the ball 15 yards and under, get the ball where it's supposed to be when it's supposed to be there, and you can be a, a, a backup quarterback. You don't need all this dynamic talent and all this stuff. You just need to be a guy that can fill in when somebody's in the COVID protocol. Um, and Jake Browning, I don't know if he looked like that guy. I don't know if he looked like a guy that under 15 yards will get the ball where it's supposed to be, when it's supposed to be there. Um, and he tested a lot of contested windows in the seven on sevens. I didn't love his decision making. Um, and in the 11 on 11s, uh, and it just didn't look like a guy that can step in and give you any confidence that he can win games if Kirk Cousins is unavailable for whichever reason. So to answer Swamp Sparrow's question, if Jake Browning wins MVP, I uh, will absolutely move on from Kirk Cousins, who probably is already off the team because Jake Browning's playing. Next up, Forrester asks, you went to practice in real life. Give us the ganda. Anyone in particular that stood out to you, good or bad? You've probably heard most of it already. KJ Osborne, the hype is real there. Um, I think I just have to mention Justin Jefferson, who I've mentioned on, on just about everything that I've gone on to talk about this camp. Oh my God, Justin Jefferson is good. Um, and, and I watched Diggs in training camp too, going up against Rhodes and beating him, and you could kind of see how explosive. And Diggs always had this intensity. Justin looks loose. He looks like he's just like he's just playing with you. And he looks like somebody that's playing like an all-pro, all-world everything, and it looks like he could probably give about twenty percent more if you really asked him to. It it's just effortless. Everything just looks so easy, and that's me gushing. Let me get technical about it. Um, you know, the speed is there, the releases are incredible and difficult to keep up with, the route stems are difficult to keep up with, you can see the Euro step and the Hezi release and, and um, you know, the rocker step kind of stuff that he does, and you can see all the, all the head fakes, and you, you can really see that every move is deliberate, and it all has its purpose, and it's all meant to deceive you and mess up your ability to cover him, and then he'll, and even if you do that, there was one rep that you probably saw on the highlight tape, that, I mean, Bashad Breland was on him. It was mostly Breland and Cam Dantzler, and I thought for what it's worth, Cam Dantzler did a better job against him than Breland. But Breland had one rep that it looked really good. It was really sticky on him, was all over Justin Jefferson, managed to keep up with him through like three different moves, and then the ball was underthrown, and at the very last minute, almost Randy Moss-esque, and I'm getting less and less afraid of making that comparison, um, Justin Jefferson adjusts back to the ball, and gets the catch anyways. And you could almost see it in Breland's body language, just this this air of like, what else am I supposed to do? So you want Ganda? Get as hyped as you want on Justin Jefferson. You're probably not hyped enough. Um, in terms of other players that I thought looked interesting, uh, I thought Cam Smith kind of st- stood out to me as somebody that was just in the right place a lot, and that'll really help you get that that linebacker three job. He split uh, reps with Nick Vigil. Um, I thought I, I, I was okay with what I saw in Cam Dantzler. A couple people said, you know, that he had like such a bad day. Um, I, I don't know. He got worked by Justin Jefferson a lot, but Justin Jefferson was just doing things that looked to me unguardable and against everybody else. I thought Cam Dantzler did fine. And let me also throw Patrick Jones in there. I thought Patrick Jones had a, has had a, a nice, it sounds like he's gotten like two pressures a day, which is nice. You know, just get a couple of, you know, two or three really good flashy plays and and look good in there just enough and and do that sustainably and and yeah I think we can get something out of that he's looked pretty nice but Stephen Weatherly has also done very well 
Um, the first team offensive line was made uh, had Oli Udo at left tackle when Rashad Hill was was limited, and then of course Darisaw's not there, so Oli Udo is playing left tackle. You had to go to Dozier at right guard, um, and whenever Weatherly went up against Oli Udo, it was a stomp. Uh, Weatherly kicked the crap out of him, and and he looked pretty good on the day as well. So that defensive end rotation, they're really beaten up on all the left tackles. Whether it's Hill or Brian O'Neill, uh, O'Neill's been fine. Um, you know, stunting inside to go up against Dakota Dozier, they've all found ways to get uh, nice, or you know, against like Evan Kazarzik or whatever on the twos where Patrick Jones is. Um, that they they've found ways to to get their name called, and that's really nice. We got a lot more mailbag to cover, so I will get to as many of your questions as I can possibly scroll through here. But first, let me talk to you about Grambling. You can gramble right now on the Minnesota Vikings. Get those hype bets in. Bet that over. The, uh, the, the line over-under has moved from 8.5 to 9, so the hype is starting to catch up. Get in while the getting's good. You can also bet on the Olympics. You can bet on MLB, WNBA, uh, NBA, or NHL Futures. Of course, they just had their draft, and there's all kinds of NBA free agency stuff going on. So check out your favorite Locked On NBA Teams podcast as well, because they've got a lot to say right now. Uh, but if you have a gramble to go make, go make it at betonline.ag. It's free to set up an account. When you make your first deposit, you can get some free gambling money as well by entering the promo code locked on L O C K E D O N all one word. When you make your first deposit and bet online will match half of that deposit. So if you put in a thousand dollars as your first deposit, you get 500 bucks slapped on top of that and free gambling money. They'll just put it right into your account just for entering the promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Moving right along with this mailbag, the next question comes from Stizo, who asks, based on one day watching camp, are there any of your 53 projections you would want to amend other than replacing BC? Um, yeah, KJ Osborne's been having a great camp, had another great day on Monday. Of course, he would replace BC Johnson. That's too easy. Got you. Um, I, I don't know. I would probably have to think a little harder before doing that. Um, but just talking it out, I don't know. I, I maybe would move Jake Browning's roster odds down, and I would move the odds that they like bring in a veteran backup instead. Um, if, you know, they know Kellen Mond won't be ready. And then of course there's the vaccination thing. So maybe move his roster odds down. I had him making the team. Um, I, I feel a little less good about Amir Abdullah because Kene Nwangu is getting a lot of reps and he looks capable enough at that running back three position. He might be able to kind of take that Mike Boone role, but actually take Amir Abdullah's job, something like that. Um, I feel better about my Armin Watts prediction, although I don't think that one was particularly hard. Armin Watts getting a lot of first-team reps as well. Um, so I, I ask me this one again in, like next week after I've, I've watched a little bit more. Um, I think maybe I, I could come up with something in the cornerbacks. Harrison Hand did not have a great day on Monday. If I were to base it on just that day, I would feel a little nervous, but he's had so many other good days. I think he's got some, some cushion, and he did have an atrocious one. He just got beat up a couple too many times. Um, Blake Prohl had a nice day. Wap Filer had a pretty good day making contested catches, but it's very clear he struggles to get separation. So that'll probably hurt his roster odds. And I don't think uh, anybody's going to catch KJ Osborne at the rate he's going right now. Something would have to kind of change between now and, and, and cut day, which always could. Uh, the next one comes from Chris, who asks, given the current Vikings' current rate of players unavailable to practice because of injury and otherwise... How many starts from practice squad players and street-free agents do you predict by the end of the season? You always get some. Um, so, I, I don't know. If you got five, I would say you're doing okay. So let's call it ten start, like ten total starts, which could be one guy getting in for an entire you know, half of the season. It could be you know, three instances of a guy starting three games or three or four games, so something like that. Ah, that, that does sound kind of high. Maybe we'll go with five. Maybe five. Five, five seems okay. 
for practice squad or street free agents starts um, based on, you know, if there's a whole COVID outbreak or something. Something I think could very much happen to the Vikings. Relim Nodnarb asks, which player were you most whelmed by? Uh, so if I, it's it, most whelmed by the transitive property of whelming must mean least overwhelmed as well as least underwhelmed by. And for that, I'm going to go with Patrick Peterson because I had an expectation that he would be a starting quality corner that would be able to keep up, but that's about what I've seen. I, I didn't notice him a lot on Monday's practice, which is probably a better sign than it is a bad one. Um, and he mostly went up against like Adam Thielen, so I guess I will call it a draw because Thielen got some catches and stuff. Um, but I, I think, you know, if you fight Adam Thielen to a draw, you're doing okay. And Adam Thielen's had a pretty good camp. It's not like he's old and washed or anything like that. Um, so I, I think Patrick Peterson's done like, okay, been a starting quality corner. He's not going to be the superstar he was in Arizona back in 2015 or anything like that. But he's been like a starting quality corner that you can rely on and be, your, you know, your kind of guy. And that's, he's about met that expectation so far. So I find myself uh, not over, not under, but perfectly whelmed. Dee's Engelnuts asks, why does it feel as though the, Mike, the Vikings signed a lifetime contract with Murphy? I assume this is like a Murphy's Law thing. Um, it's because of what you did. You know what you did, uh, Engelnuts. <laughs> Jake asks, what will Kirk Cousins need to do to earn an extension this offseason? Will his recent inactions have an impact on this decision? I really think they do. I actually went on Locked On today with Peter Bukowski um, to talk about this whole this whole situation. So go check that out on, the lock, on uh, wherever you find your podcasts. But I kind of do think that it affects like, look, it's really hard to give a fully guaranteed contract to a player who can't fully guarantee that he'll be available. And if you are making the quote unquote personal choice to not be guaranteed to be available, then I don't know. It's it's really hard to just like look the other way on that or or try to ignore it or, you know, not bring it up in part of the conversation I really do think it belongs in that conversation. It's an ability concern. Would you give a fully guaranteed contract to a guy with two ACL injuries that you can't you know, rely on to be available either? Or a guy with an off-field issue? Would you give a fully guaranteed contract to Holton Hill? Um, and I, I do think that, at least from an on-field perspective, it's kind of a similar thing. So I, I think it affects his contract negotiations. I think what he has to do to get an extension, I mean, you real easy way to get around all of this, which is get the shot. Um, but in, in lieu of that, you got a ball out, man. And I, I think he probably would have gotten an extension almost by default. You just have to kind of be good enough to be the, you know, a starting quality cornerback and be be a good, solid guy for the Vikings and, and you know, not be the reason that they didn't make the playoffs or whatever. Um, and I think you, you know, they probably would would extend him to get rid of that $45 million cap hit. But I think the, the bar is set a little higher now because now you have to be available and play well or you have to play well enough to make up for the fact that you weren't available. And it's a different standard. Andy O asks, do Cookus or Etling have any shot at making the final roster or are they just camp bodies? So I, I uh, chatted about this a little bit already, but I kind of think that it looks like Cookus is just a camp body. He's not getting a reasonable shot. Um, and that's not like a quality thing. It's just he's clearly just throwing the drills. And then when it comes to the actual live reps, they're giving those to Jake Browning. They're, that's means that they value they only value developing Jake Browning. They only want to evaluate Jake Browning. They just want Case Cookus to come in and 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 relieve the the workload a little bit. Hard to say with Etling. I would be surprised if he got a better shot or anything like that. But look, if they need a quarterback four because Nate Stanley can't be available, uh you know, they want to bring in a a vaccinated quarterback four to replace the unvaccinated one. I wouldn't be too shocked at that. 
though Nate Stanley wasn't making the actual final roster in any world anyways. Um, so you need to come in and be a guy that would. And I, who knows if we'll see that from Etling. I don't think we'll see, we'll get a chance to see it from Cookus. But I guess this will be a better and easier question to answer once uh, the regular quarterbacks are back off of their quarantine and we kind of see who comes back and who doesn't. Uh, G. Berg asks, will Nate Stanley be the first one to get cut as an example, given his limited leverage? I don't know about example. Um, I, 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 like, I don't know if you need to say I was sending a message. You can just say, man, we need that person to be available to be on the football team. And it's, you know, if you if you can't be available, you can't be a part of it. And Mike Zimmer, of course, seething in every press conference about the whole thing, uh, has not been shy about that. So will Nate Stanley be cut? I would kind of, I don't know, I, I could definitely see a world where he doesn't make it to the first preseason game or anything like that, or he doesn't make it to the end of camp. Um, I don't know. If he does make it to the end of camp and he plays in the preseason and all that stuff, look, he's getting cut eventually. Uh, but I, I do think that his limited leverage makes it difficult to kind of uh, give him any chance to make the roster over somebody who does not have that availability concern. More mailbag questions coming up, as well as some other camp takes I'm sure will come out. But first, let me talk to you about your car. It is getting hot out there, so make sure you're taking care of your car. If you're a DIYer, maybe you want to learn how to change your oil yourself, you can save a buck doing that. Uh, save yourself from the mechanic and you got to make sure you're getting the right oil for your car it can be hard to figure out what's compatible if you're going to put the wrong thing in you could really muck stuff up in there so head on over to rockauto.com and they'll do that research for you rock auto is a family company they've been doing this online for like 15 years they're going to take care of you just enter your make your year and your model and they will sort through all of the different options and give you a bunch of options for the supply or part you need you can also get stuff like jumper cables or if you're a real gearhead you can go get gaskets and and all sorts of valves and parts and things that uh you would otherwise have to go through a mechanic or through an auto body shop or something that is gonna upsell you or you'd have to go through like a retail uh auto parts shop that will upsell you as well as a retail customer so head on over to rockauto.com and at checkout make sure you let them know in the how you heard about us section that locked on sent you because if you don't the rabbits will start tearing across the country to get their revenge on me rock auto amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need moving on with this mailbag the next one comes from andrew shad who asks any fun gadgets being run besides dalvin and the wildcat um they were working out some really fun red zone concepts um, a lot of jet sweeps, a lot more pre-snap motion. I know I'm not the first person to point that out, uh, but I will echo it. A lot more pre-snap motion. That seems like a thing that might change with Clint versus Gary Kubiak. He'll use a lot of motion at the snap, jet motion, stuff like that, orbit motion, all sorts of interesting little backfield wrinkles that will change the gaps and change the way that run plays work and just generally stress the defense mentally. Um, and a, a couple of other interesting things uh, going on, especially in their red zone packages, which they were just kind of testing in offense-only parts of practice. Uh, Thomas Sullivan asks, how many quarterbacks is too many quarterbacks? Well, the Vikings are angling at finding out. Uh, Jarrett Miller asks, why try Davis at center over Bradbury when our current right guard is one of, if not the worst in the league? Um, I will say worst in the league if it's Dakota Dozier that you're talking about. And uh, he's not starting center over Bradbury. He's being tried out at center as the third guy. Um, I complained a lot about that. And then it was pointed out to me that Cole Cabral was out. And so they were just trying him at third center. And I, I believe Cabral was back. Um, but now Wyatt Davis has a thing on his ankle, so we don't really know. They might have just been cross-training him to be the emergency guy and to snap the ball in the third team reps, um, where Mason Cole is getting those in the second team. 
but uh, you know, maybe they're not happy with Mason Cole or something like that. But it's very much a depth of the roster situation. I wish he was just working at right guard and trying to, you know, getting a chance to beat out Dakota Dozier in earnest. Uh, Kevin asks thoughts on Oli Uda winning the job before Derisaw takes it. Um, based on what I saw Sunday or on Monday, nope, he got uh, his butt handed to him by Stephen Weatherly and looked to struggle quite a bit at left tackle. Uh, Drew Locke Enjoyer asks, the expectation for a backup quarterback is to be able to come in and win about 50% of the games, especially with this roster. Do you trust Browning to do that? No. Um, if Well, look, if you're saying, can he go one and one? I don't know, maybe you can limp to one, but I don't see the accuracy. I see him being a pretty big liability. I don't see the Vikings being comfortable with him being in a game, at least based on what I saw on Monday um, and what we saw on Saturday, which was a, a better day for sure. Um, if it, if you're talking about like eight and eight or can they go, you know, eight and eight or nine and eight, definitely not. Can they go two and two in a four game stretch you could always back into a win or two somehow, but I doubt it. Uh, offbeat skull chant says on a scale of one to 10, how mad is Zimmer? Um, he's so mad. He's going to come directly to you and beat you up for asking that question. So probably a 10, I don't know, is that a 10 or 11? <laughs> Nick Howard asks, of Jake Browning or Andrew Janoko, who has the better arm? I'll give that to Browning. Browning is your savior, <laughs> asks, which players will benefit most by QB1, Jake Browning's extensive skill set this year, probably opposing defenders. Uh, Logan Clinton asks, do you think Zimmer will have any influence on some of these guys getting vaccinated? Okay, that's an interesting one. I'll, I'll, I'll slow down for that one. Uh, so, uh, look, Zimmer's doing his best to, to, to make the guys educated, make guys kind of know that, uh, you know, here's what the vaccine, they brought in you know, Dr. Alan Sills, they brought in people who, I think Washington brought in somebody who like worked on the Moderna vaccine, they're like really trying to get people informed and kind of get them off of whatever weird conspiracy stuff that they read, which is a difficult thing and it seems like Zimmer has kind of done the best he can and he seems defeated. I honestly, I don't, I don't know how much he's tried or whatever, but there's only so much you can do, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, you can lead a guy to medical information, but you can't make him read it. So I, I don't know what else he can do, but I do believe in Mike Zimmer as a leader, as a, a person who can connect with young men. Um, and so I don't know if he can't do it. I mean, look, the Vikings aren't the only team having this problem. Nick Lynch asks, why didn't we sign Jackson Erdman? Um, because the Vikings are wrong. Conklin Stan asks, out of Wanham, Jones, and Robinson, who's your best bet to produce for the Vikings this year, pass rush or run defense? I'm going to go Patrick Jones. Uh, DJ Wanham had a decent day, I should mention. I haven't mentioned him yet. He had a decent day as well, um, probably about as good as Patrick Jones, but I have always kind of been on Patrick Jones in my priors um, you know, on that, especially if you include run defense. He's really sound run defense, and, and Wanham had a lot of trouble setting the edge. Um, but I, I'm going to go with, with Jones. Robinson isn't really in the, the running for me. I didn't notice him at all, um, in this practice, which is my fault more than his, of course, but, um, I just, he just seems like a guy that needs a redshirt year. Uh, but I, I think Patrick Jones is a, has, has kind of is showing that he's going to be able to get into that rotation and get something done. Uh, Pace asks who has a better chance of sticking to the practice squad after the COVID situation gets worked out. Case Cookus, Danny Etling, or neither, um, most likely is going to be neither. Uh, but Danny Etling, I think I would give it to him. I, I don't know a lot about him. I just know that he's been on, you know, in, in organizations for a long time. And that, that gets you something. And I also am pretty sure Danny Etling, it's been reported that Danny Etling's vaccinated. So yeah, that helps. Um, so I, I'm going to give it to Etling, but that's only because I like definitely know that Case Cookies is not going to get a real chance. Uh, and is just kind of being brought in to be a camp arm. So I'll, I'll, at a default, I'll give it to Etling. 
Uh, Berserker Machiavelli asks, why do the Vikings have so much drama during preseason camp all the time? Because of mistakes in your past specifically uh, that all led us to this moment, butterfly style. And the last one I'm going to go for comes from Young Sandwich, who asks, do you think that Harrison Smith refusing to get vaccinated could hurt his current contract negotiations? Um, I So I don't know for sure that Harrison Smith is not vaccinated. He did not answer the question, but most players will be instructed to just kind of deflect any questions one way or another, whether or not they are vaccinated. So I don't see um, media deflection as ample evidence to assume that a player is not vaccinated. Um, and so that goes for like Thielen and guys too. just any, anybody who just didn't answer the question. I'm still putting down as I don't know. So I don't know if Harrison Smith is vaccinated. If he is not, yeah, I think that affects negotiations. Any available, I think it affects negotiations as much as an injury history would, as much as, you know, Daniel Hunter's neck affected his contract negotiations. It is absolutely a factor if you can't rely on a guy being there. If you can't guarantee that you're here, I can't guarantee you that much more money. I think that's a pretty simple deal. Once again, I will plug the Locked On Today podcast where I went on and talked about this whole COVID situation with the quarterbacks and all of that stuff with Peter Bukowski. Uh, he is covering all of the things in all of sports under 20 minutes every single morning. For me, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL, live tweeting training camp practices in more detail than you're going to find anywhere else. So come follow you can also find the Locked On Vikings account at Locked On Vikings on Twitter, where you can find some of my camp recaps as well on video. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, Skull.